Star Wars 7x7 episode 1652 today. We're going to look at the First Order's military mobilization in the wake of The Force Awakens and also with some new thoughts that are inspired by that mid-season trailer for Star Wars Resistance. And hey, let's let Kylo take us in again. This is Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for the show. Thank you also to all the patrons who support the show at patreon.com slash SW7x7. And here's what's going on today. So as far as the Resistance trailer, that mid-season trailer for Star Wars Resistance, you know, there's that map and I put a thing out about that on our social media channels decoding the map because there were five different planets that were listed on the map that Kaz and Yeager are looking at and there are little red dots on that map that show a military mobilization happening for the First Order. Now this ties into a phrase that was uttered by Rey in The Last Jedi where she talks to Luke in trying to convince him to help her out that you know the First Order is going to seize military control of the galaxy within weeks and we're getting sort of a little bit more detailed look at it, I guess, or part of the formation of that military mobilization. And I got to thinking about how that's actually going to happen. And it seems like there, well, there are a few things that we know for sure. First of all, that the First Order has been growing within the unknown regions. And so there's that. So their mobilization is primarily going to come from the unknown regions, which if you're looking at a flat map of the galaxy would be sort of the western side of the galaxy, if you will. But in addition to that, what we know from Star Wars Bloodline, for example, the novel by Claudia Gray, and also in Before the Awakening as well, that was the series of novellas from Greg Rucka, there are planets that are sympathetic to the First Order that are operating in various places in the galaxy, but it's probably more likely to see that support deeper in the center of the galaxy. In other words, the inner rim and the core worlds. And the reason why that's the case is because when the Galactic Concordance was signed in 5 ABY, that was part of the deal that the Imperial Remnant or what was left of it would restrict themselves to the core and the inner rim worlds and that was it. And they would have to demilitarize and all this other stuff. But we find out that some of the main support of the First Order is being driven by worlds that are in the core in the inner rim. Coruscant, for example, is one of the centrist worlds that was advocating for a stronger military and a centralized control of the new and centralized control of the New Republic. And there weren't they weren't the only ones. But be that as it may, now you're talking about a militarization where it's almost like a hammer and anvil situation where you've got the majority of the military might coming from the unknown regions, moving inward toward the core, but you also have a nexus of financial support and logistical support potentially as well within the core and the inner rim and moving sort of together to meet with that expansion of the First Order and create a you know, sympathetic wave welcoming them in as they continue their progress for taking control of the galaxy. 
Now, where this can get a little confusing is in regard to Star Wars Resistance and the location of the planet Castellon, which has not been revealed yet. It hasn't been placed on a map for us yet. One thing that we do know is that it is near the border of Wild Space, and Wild Space is not necessarily where you might imagine it is. In fact, it is sort of on the edge of the unknown regions as well as known space. So it is still in that sort of western, southwestern side of the galaxy. Again, if you're looking at it as a flat two-dimensional map. And the reason why we can intuit this you know, general placement is because A, the, you know, they said it's near the edge of wild space. And there have been references to wild space here and there in the canon. But additionally, when I did an interview with Jason Fry, the novelist and also writer for things like the Star Wars Visual Dictionary, for example, or various Star Wars Visual Dictionaries are essential atlases. Um, <laughs> one of the things that he mentioned in the interview was that even with the rebooting of the canon, the information architecture of Star Wars canon was still intact, basically. So all of that kind of information, which includes basically maps of the galaxy, that is useful and still relevant information, despite the fact that the canon has been rebooted. So we know from a previous map that Wild Space is kind of you know, it's basically Endor is not too far away from Wild Space. And Bakura from the novel, The Truce of Bakura, the Legends novel, is also pretty darn close to Wild Space as well. So that being said, the difference between Wild Space and the Unknown Regions is that the Unknown Regions have been largely mapped, but not necessarily explored. Whereas Wild Space, according to Wikipedia, has neither really been mapped or explored. So it's entirely possible that the First Order is active both in wild space and the unknown regions and that wild space is kind of almost a subset of the unknown regions in its way. And so that is why we're seeing you know, them involved with the Colossus and Castellon because it's just not too far away from their zone of influence. And, you know, with wild space being both largely unexplored and unmapped, well, that's a prime place for the First Order to be, you know, fostering all of their uh, evolution and and war building and all that stuff. And actually, as I look a little bit more carefully at the map from the Essential Atlas, which incidentally was co-written by Jason Fry, I see that Wild Space actually is also marked on sort of the upper northwest quadrant of the galactic map as well. And so it's kind of a lead-in to the unknown regions in some sense, unless you're heading directly west from the core then, yeah, then it seems like you kind of skip Wild Space and head straight into the Unknown Regions. But this is also going to become an issue for us over the next year and even more because of the fact that the planet Batu is also located on the edge of Wild Space and is seen as a jumping off point for getting into Wild Space. And, of course, Batu is the planet that we got to see in the novel Thrawn Alliances, which was the sequel to the Thrawn reboot novel. And it's also going to be the place where Black Spire Outpost is, which was referenced in Solo A Star Wars Story, and, you know, I'm burying the lead here, that is the place where the Galaxy's Edge Disneyland and Disney World attraction will be set on the planet Batu. So, yeah, we're about to start digging into these mysterious unknown regions and wild space a lot more in the canon over the next few years. 
And that's almost everything I have to share with you about this first order military mobilization. And we'll talk about the rest of it here in just a moment. But first, I do want to just remind you, if you're not subscribing, hey, please subscribe. And thank you if you already are. And also, I hope you will consider joining the community at patreon.com SW7X7 and supporting this daily dose of Star Wars joy. And as far as the mobilization goes, so... We're seeing the mobilization at least I mean, partially depicted via this map in Star Wars Resistance, and we're hearing about it from Rey in The Last Jedi. But what will we actually see in Episode Nine? That's really the case. If it is, in fact, taking place at least a year after the events of The Last Jedi, well, then the mobilization should be more or less complete by that point. Especially if Ray is claiming that the mobilization will be complete in a matter of weeks in The Last Jedi. So, you know, that being the case, it's got to be a you know full-scale lockdown by the First Order. And so then the question becomes, how much support has the Resistance been able to drum up? We get a glimpse of their efforts based on what happened with the story arc that we covered in the Podameron comics, the one that ended their po that run of the Podameron comic series. So it's possibly going to be as ragtag as you can imagine it, even more so than it was with the actual rebellion, if it is happening that close to the events of The Last Jedi. It could certainly be a more organized force if it is a farther out situation, if we're talking five or ten years. But it's going to be rather epic and crazy and possibly in line with some comments that Oscar Isaac made about the sort of guerrilla fighting nature of the resistance in episode nine and how, you know, they're really scrappy and down to the bone and whatnot. I'm paraphrasing his remarks in that regard, but anyway, that right there is pretty much going to do it for our talk about the first orders military mobilization in the sequel movie era. And that is going to do it for our episode as well. Thank you so much for joining me, as always, and may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.